Welcome to Episode 7, Season 2 of The Dave Witty Show. I'm your host, Dave Witty. Folks, as always, this podcast is brought to you by Lamb's Rum. Lamb's is one of the top choices for Newfoundlanders who love the authentic smooth taste. Enjoy Lamb's Palm Breeze today with a splash of Coke and Lime Wedge. Or for something different, try Lamb's Spice on its own on the rocks. Lamb's is the best choice for hard-working Newfoundlanders, and at a great price, find Lamb's Rum at all of your local NLCs. Also, keep an eye out at the end of this month for new Lamb's Spiced Rum Punch Beverage. In ready-to-drink cans, locally made, brand new, and looking tasty. Well, welcome back, guys. Thanks so much for joining me. Happy to be back for another episode. Got another really fun episode this week. First off, I want to thank Sandra Lee Layden for joining me last episode. It was so great to catch up with Sandra. She is just the absolute best. Can't wait to see her when she's back shooting Iceberg and shooting George Street Festival. And if you haven't, go check out her website and check out her social media. She is one of the best in the country at doing what she does. And uh, happy to call her a friend. So, so great to get her on for a chat last episode. Another really fun episode this week, guys. Fresh off their ECMA win at the, uh, obviously, the East Coast Music Awards um, with Quote the Raven, Jordan Coker, and Kirsten Rodden Clark. So happy to have them on. We had a great chat all about uh, their latest record, all about their week at the ECMAs, their big win, what's coming up for them. Um, so stick around later on in the episode for that chat. It was really great to catch up with them. Um, a few things going on over here. Played a really fun show with the Bull last weekend. Uh, thanks to everybody for coming out. Thanks to Tino and thanks to all the staff at the Bull for uh, for having me. It was a really, really fun night. Got to play a bunch of really fun tunes and got to uh, see a bunch of people who I hadn't seen in a while. So um, always love playing that room. It's one of my favorites in the city. You don't need a whole lot of people to really make it feel like homey. And um, just a blast playing there. I really, really love it. So thanks again to all the crowd at the Bull. It is finally spring in St. John's. Oh my God, this is so nice. It's been such nice weather the last couple days. I don't want to jinx it, but absolutely beautiful. Uh, early in the season too. I mean, it's only the beginning of May and uh, it's been absolutely fantastic the last few days. I am recording on Tuesday, May 10th, and it is just an absolute beautiful day out there. I've actually been out golfing a few times, uh, which is surprising for this time of year. Been beautiful. I don't know if you can see if you're watching on YouTube right now, my nose is a little rouge. I think that was from um, from uh, the other day out, out golfing and it was uh, just, just been beautiful, beautiful weather. Um, the ECMA, as I just mentioned, that quote the Raven had won their um, their award there for Contemporary Roots Recording of the Year. Um, they handed out all the awards there Friday night. Uh, I'm going to run down through them. Obviously, for the Newfoundlanders, uh, Contemporary Roots Recording of the Year, quote the Raven for Can't Hold a Light. Uh, Rock Recording of the Year went to Kelly McMichael for Waves, who absolutely rules. Really want to get Kelly on sometime to have a chat. Her uh, her style and her tunes are absolutely awesome. Uh, Songwriter of the Year went to Ruben Rake. Really great guys. Fantastic songwriters. Artist Innovator of the Year in late of COVID-19 went to Mallory Johnson, and I can't see anybody who deserved this award more. She is always on the ball. Had Mallory on last season. Was super great to catch up with her. And and she's always pumping out products. She's always pumping out tunes, pumping out videos. So she is really on the ball. You got to hand it to Mallory. So uh, congrats to her. Immediate person of the year, Mr. Greg Smith. Also a former guest of mine. You hear him all the time on VOCM. Great guy and 
so deserving of this award. He's really always on board with support and local. So congrats, Greg. Uh, video director of the year, Cecil Johnson. That's Mallory's brother. He's an awesome filmmaker. Awesome cat. Makes really, really great videos. And I mean, if you've seen a lot of Mallory's videos, Cecil's the man behind it. So congrats to Cecil as well. Fans Choice Entertainer of the Year, Justin Fancy, another former guest of mine here. Uh, I know he was really excited about that. Was caught up with him there. A couple days ago, and he, he was psyched on it. So, congrats to Justin. And of course, Van, Fans Choice Video of the Year goes to Mallory Johnson. Uh, so, congrats to all the Newfoundlanders. The awards break down by region. There were seven from Cape Breton, uh, nine from New Brunswick, 11 from Newfoundland and Labrador, 21 from Nova Scotia, and five from Prince Edward Island. So, congrats to all the. Uh, all the award winners, congrats to all the nominees, and congrats to everybody who who played any part in the ECMAs this weekend. Hopefully, I can get up there next week or next next year. Sorry, when I um, hopefully get some new tunes to to kind of get up there and promote it around. So, um, congrats to everybody who was involved. I know it was a big success and probably pretty challenging still with with COVID and you know COVID going on. But it was uh, you know from everything I've seen and everybody I chat with looked like it was a really really fun weekend. So, congrats again to everybody. Uh, speaking of congrats, congrats to the Newfoundland Growlers who won in the first round. Uh, took them seven games. It was a long series, but they are in the second round. Uh, once again, as of the day I'm here recording, they are, uh, I think it's 1-1 in the series. They go again tonight, uh, tomorrow night, and Thursday night here in St. John's at the Mary Brown Center. Um, so, you know, wishing best of luck to the Newfoundland Growlers. Hopefully going to try to get a couple of those guys on after the season finishes, hopefully as Kelly Cup champions. So if you are in St. John's, make sure you can get down and support the Growlers. Um, the Toronto Raptors are done. They, since the last time we chatted, they they made a good run at it. It was it was challenging. I mean, they had a they had a tough go there. They really need a couple extra pieces to fill in, fill in those roles there. And they they came up against a tough Philadelphia 76ers team. So um, hopefully they can get a few more pieces to the puzzle and, and make another run at it because they do have a, a good core there. And and it's uh, it's always fun when you see the our only uh, Canadian basketball team really really going after it because i mean it's one of those things where everybody in in new or sorry in canada you know you got a hockey team but with with baseball and basketball it's really fun because we all root together so that's really fun um speaking of done not done yet are the toronto maple leafs oh man oh man this team not gonna go too crazy too wild into it but you know it's tuesday night here the leafs are going tonight massive game five you guys will be listening tomorrow i don't know if i'll be this enthusiastic tomorrow hopefully i am series is tied 2-2 when i'm recording going into tonight i mean there's tons of great hockey going on in the playoffs really been exciting to watch a lot of close series uh the only team to move on you know as of now is, is colorado avalanche who look like an absolute wagon right now so um big big game tonight scotia bank in toronto it's gonna really determine what happens in this series i think it's a pivotal game in game five um the blue jays have been so fun to watch they just played like 21 days in a row i think yesterday was the first day they had off in 21 days they've been fun to watch i don't think they're fully pumping yet i wait and see the bats get going pitching's been pretty good but the bats are still a little little cold so uh wait and see how that all unfolds it's still early in the season so 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 much baseball to play um 
and it's and it's been exciting. Um, I actually took a course myself there a couple weeks ago or last week, sorry, where I uh, looking like I'm going to be making a I'm not going to say a career move, but I'm going to be doing something different, but still being creative and, and uh, looking like a great opportunity with uh, in the film industry here in Newfoundland, which is about to pop off. Um, you know, there's so much stuff going on here, so much stuff being filmed here. And I thought it'd be a great opportunity to kind of get into like. Um, just kind of get my nose in and, and kind of work away at, at something in, in different in, 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 a, in a different creative field. Uh, definitely still going to be working on songs, and I'm, I've got a new record planned, of course. But uh, just something maybe to uh, to play around with the summer, and really looking forward to that as well. Um, thanks to all my listeners. Thanks to everybody who's been tuning in, and thanks to everybody who sent along some good messages. And a big thanks to Lambs Rum, of course. They've been absolutely awesome in supporting this podcast. Uh, it's been really fun doing this. Not going anywhere. Got lots of episodes left. Got a ton of great guests coming up, uh, you know, over the next few months. And, um, you know, with that being said, I'm going to pass the mic over to uh, Jordan Coker and Kirsten Rodden Clark of Quote the Raven. Stick around. And I'd like to welcome Mr. Jordan Coker and Miss Kirsten Rodden Clark of Quote the Raven to the podcast. Thanks so much for doing this today, guys. How are you both doing? Uh, I could be better, but uh, I'm not too bad. <laughs> Yeah, we were having a having a little chat just before we were getting going, and uh, I know both of you guys just had an incredible weekend at the ECMAs. Uh, we're definitely going to dig into a bunch of that stuff. Thanks so much for taking some time, by the way. I know you guys probably had a busy weekend and probably just looking to chill, but I appreciate you taking an hour out of your day to, to shoot some shit with me for sure. Uh, first off, well, this is I, chill too. <laughs> yeah, exactly, exactly. Yeah. Uh, first off, I, I mean, we will dig into the ECMAs in a bit, but like you know, kind of overall, how was it? How was the uh, how was the weekend for you guys? Oh, it was awesome. Uh, amazing. <laughs> yeah, I think yeah. I, I think the biggest thing was just getting back together with people. Like I know we we as a band had a really exciting weekend overall, but still I would take getting together with musicians and just watching everybody play over everything. It was just like so much fun. Yeah, it was like a big family reunion over everything. Like it's you know, you see people you haven't seen in three years and everybody going for the hugs and everything, and that's why I got COVID now. <laughs> 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 oh man oh man uh, yeah well i mean once again thanks for doing this especially you just you just said you just got covid so um yeah isn't it crazy isn't it absolutely crazy it's been like three years since like these events man like i mean yeah. during the the span of covid it felt like it was forever and then now you look at it and you're like that was three years ago like what the hell just happened over those three years man like it's so crazy yeah I don't, it's yeah. weird i'm like Oh, <laughs> the hard thing of not being in the same room, eh? Um, yeah. <laughs> yeah, I, yeah. I was gonna say, like, I, I feel like it doesn't. For me, it doesn't feel as though it was that long, and I think it's just because it was so monotonous and like there's nothing to stand out yeah. in that time. So, so yeah, it's it's unreal to think it was that long ago. In one way, it feels like a lifetime, and in another way, it feels like we were just on tour, like two years ago, and that wasn't that long ago so it's just i don't know it's just so weird so yeah no no doubt i mean anyways hopefully we're i'd like Out to say it. i'd like to say we're on the back burner but jordan's sitting here with covid right now so. <laughs> <laughs> but it's not as bad as it could yeah. have been maybe. no no that's right and, yeah. and i mean things are 
slowly but surely starting to get back to normal. I mean, obviously with an event like ECMAs and getting everybody back together and, uh, you know, music and L and all this stuff and getting back out on the road. I know you guys have been touring recently and you got a busy summer ahead. So, I mean, we're going to chat all that stuff. But first off, I want to talk about the new release. Uh, the latest release, Can Hold the Light, came out October 2021, uh, produced by Chris Kirby, full length, 10 song album. Uh, I want to chat about the whole process. I mean, I know you guys worked a lot of this during COVID and all that stuff. A lot of co-writes with Kirby. Um, and this line I read on your website, we had planned on putting this record out last summer. The music industry is a place where if you don't act quick, people can forget about you and that's it. Any momentum you build and all of those special moments of light and hope can flicker as soon as they appear. But you've been with us through everything. I mean, that's such a powerful line. Like, what was the thought behind that? And um, yeah, let's kind of dig into the record a bit. Yeah, I mean, we recorded it um, the winter of 2020. Uh, we were at Chris's house in East Lawrence Town during Snowmageddon, actually. Oh, yeah. And yeah, so we, we had planned, like, you know, we wrote most of the songs prior to that. And we, you know, we were two weeks there just doing the tracking and stuff. And, and we're like, yeah, we're going to put this out in the summer. And we're going to keep doing the things that we'd done. And then March hit and we we're like, oh, shit. Like, what are we going to do with, what are we going to do? Like, and I think we really had a good look in the mirror to say like we don't know how long this is going to last we don't know what's going to happen to our career we just what the hell do we do and it was the first time that we'd actually gotten to do that since we did golden hour because we've kind of been flat out since we put that record out like you know it's four years ago now but but at that point it had been out for two and so it really gave us the time to kind of assess where we were with our career and where we wanted to be with our career and whether or not we actually still wanted to do that as a career. Like, I think everybody kind of went through that, that phase. And so, you know, we held off on putting the record out in the summer because couldn't tour it. You know, it was like, it was weird to just kind of get mixing and mastering done. Like it was, you know, everybody was kind of stewing in their own shit for a bit and um, trying to figure it all out. And so we took our time, like it gave us the opportunity to like re-record some vocals on it and like kind of actually plan and make some strategic moves to say, all right, well, let's release some singles and try and focus on getting some radio play and, and um, go from there. Do you think that was like advantageous in some sense that you actually got to sit on it for a little while or was it a bummer that you couldn't get it out right away? Like I know you mentioned just now, even just saying like you wanted to it gave you the ability to be able to work on some radio play, to be able to re release a couple singles and, and probably be able to reach out to different people who could probably help promote this record a little bit more. Right. Yeah. 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 I think re like doing the few re-records and stuff was, yeah, it was like a double-edged thing. Cause I think artists can get caught up in trying to make something perfect. And even when we had originally planned to release it, like I, every now and again, I'd be like, Jordan, I don't know about this or whatever. And, Jordan's like, we don't have time. Like we're putting the album out and it sounds great. And I'm like, okay, yeah, it sounds great. You know? And so like when we had that extra time to dig into a few things was good, but then it can also be a bad thing for, th for this record. I think it was just enough time to um, just make a few changes and, and yeah, re redo some vocals and stuff and, and yeah, build the team. Like we, we got a booking agent in the time of, of COVID and something that is kind of crazy because they didn't see us live. They had to see it through like a virtual showcase. But um, but yeah, yeah, it, it it gives you more time to focus on the on the business side of things, which is not always the most fun part, but it is essential <laughs> if you want to um, you know, build a career. So there were good and bad. Yeah, I mean, no doubt about that. And I mean, 
I think we can all kind of relate to that, you know, as an artist or anybody who was kind of struggling with that over COVID, with those things that were, were happening. I mean, just the ups and downs, the ins and outs, but I mean, it's, it's a real struggle definitely to battle through and, and to kind of keep pushing forward. I'm sure that was a struggle for both you guys. And, and like you said, you kind of got to look yourself in the mirror, right? Oh, definitely. It's, it's a strain on relationships. It's a strain on, on everything. Like, you know, we, we looked at our friendship over the course of this thing too, you know, and we were like, we, you know, like, are we going to do this? Like, you know, if, if this lasts for five years, can we keep playing zoom concerts? Can we keep making music when it's such a miserable experience? And, uh, you know, we, we've had to go through some, you know, it's like, it's like group, like band therapy sessions is what it felt like, you know, to kind of figure out that this is, this is what we're going to do. And, and, you know, come in full circle. Like when we put that record out, it was like, oh yeah, yeah, this, this is what we wanted to do. And, and if this isn't going to take us down and it'll take a fucking asteroid hitting earth to do it at this point. So yeah, yeah. We we almost called it quite a few times. Like I, (laughs) like very, very, very close to the point of like, I had a letter written. (laughs) <laughs> so, so it was really difficult um and i'm sure a lot of bands can understand it's just it was i mean of- when I, when i kind of started this podcast i mean i have a ton of musicians on i have a ton of artists i have all sorts of different people who are creative and interesting and who do neat things you know what i mean but definitely one of the constant themes and one of the running themes that i've found with so many musicians is this fine line of like all right do i stop or do i keep going or like you're just kind of teetering and it's like I mean, it's like with anything, it's like as soon as you you get some good luck happen to your side, you're like, all right, we're back. And then like, yeah. but then it's like a month and you're like, oh, fuck, man, this is brutal right now. Whatever the hell's going on, you know, it's there's not there's yeah. no wheels turning. There's no shows happening. So it is a very tight line to walk. And I mean, I think that's with every artist. I think people struggle with that their whole lives as an artist. I mean, especially when you're trying to make a living at it, you're trying to pay your bills, you're trying to do different different things like that. And and then you throw COVID on top of it where it's like, you don't know yeah. if it's going to, yeah. if you don't know if it's going to end or like, or when it's going to end, or if you're going to be able to get back to your regular livelihood. Oh, definitely. And yeah, I, it's, it's a weird, that is a weird thing about music in and of itself. Like it's, you know, luck. And I think comparing yourself to other musicians is another big factor in all that stuff too. And you see someone else get success and you're like, well, I never got that. Well, like, how are we going to, you know, and, and I think everybody does that. And I think what ends up happening is you create these like unrealistic expectations or these unrealistic goals that if you don't meet them in some crazy timeline, but it's like, it's so funny. Cause then if you, what I've learned is getting to know the people who you see doing these things and seeing that it took them 10 years to get that one opportunity and really knowing the backstory behind all the the stuff like that that's really eye-opening because people are like oh well like you know you guys only put out two records like we've only really been touring since 2018 but we've been a band since 2011 you know so it's like we've been playing for seven years to get good enough to put out our first record you know so i think i think a lot of people got to be less hard on themselves in order to really assess what what their career is and the value of what they're providing to the world because i think it's a lot more valuable than people give themselves credit for and it's yeah it's daunting it's hard it's difficult it sucks um but the good times are really good no matter how small they are and i think people need to do that look at that more often yeah, it's always like one of those things where 
you know, people always kind of look in the present as opposed to if you had have been, you know, if you had have looked at yourself five years ago, you'd be so happy or so thrilled. Not you guys. I mean, just anybody as an artist should be yeah. so, you'd be so thrilled at where you are in your career or your, your relationship or anything for that matter. I mean, no matter what you look back and you say, Oh man, I had nothing then. And I was happy to be, I would have, I would have dreamt to be where I am today, but still somehow you're still not quite happy enough. You know what I mean? It's so sometimes you kind of just got to sit down and embrace it all. Right. Yeah. Definitely. I think, I think too, the hardest thing we always say, like, there's so much talent in, well, of course there is. Everyone knows there's so much talent in Newfoundland, but not everybody like takes or makes the investment to leave. And I think that that's, a point too because there's a lot of really popular bands from Newfoundland and yes they are incredibly incredibly talented but there are so many other bands here on the island that could be just as um popular let's say or like just as big as them or bigger and it's just that investment and like taking the time and and believing that it can happen is hard especially now where we're like oh, I'm gonna be, be 30 in like a few days <laughs> I'm still living with my grandmother so it's like most people wouldn't want that for themselves at 30 um, and that's understandable you know people want a family and they want kids and they want all this stuff as well as being a musician and I think most of the time that doesn't happen um, like the way that they imagine it to happen why do you think that is Kirsten why do you think that there's certain bands or certain artists maybe that that don't take that extra plunge to get off the island to do different things do you find them maybe it's they're comfortable or they just don't know the the right tools to use or maybe just content yeah I think it's like it's definitely a mixture I think if you can be content you know just playing music for yourself or like in a in a bar or wherever and that makes you happy then that's like I wish everyone felt that way because it's like I love making music and I love to sing, but I also love that people love it. Like, I'm not going to lie about that part of it. It's really a cool thing to share it and have people enjoy it. Um, but yeah, if you're content, that's awesome. Uh, but if you want to make a career out of it, yeah, I think it's, I think it's the financial investment, probably number one, because you don't know if you're going to make the money on tour. You have no idea, especially right away. If you're not getting guarantees and you're just playing, you know, the bars that you can contact and stuff yourself. Um, you just don't know what it's going to be like and how much money you're going to have to put into it. Um, and that can be really hard. Uh, and, and also I think it's leaving your friends and your family and, and it's awesome meeting new people all the time, but it, it, that can get really lonely too. You know, it's just you and your band or it's just me and Jordan usually. So um, it can just be hard. You're spending so much time with this, this one person and you're not getting to see uh, the rest of your loved ones and stuff like that. So I don't know. I think it's, it's, it's a mixture of things, but mm -hmm. I think if more people took a leap and they didn't base their career off their first tour, um, yeah, definitely. You know, like that first that first tour that doesn't make you any money. If you yeah, just yeah, no doubt that's some continue. good advice right there. Yeah, yeah nobody's making any continue. money on your first tour. I hate to break it to anybody who's listening to this right now, but that mm -hmm. first one you got to go out and bite the bullet on. I mean, and sometimes yeah. the second and the third, to be honest with you, but you got to make those connections. You have to go out and make the definitely. connections, not with only bars or or halls or theaters but with fans you have to yeah. you have to start gaining a fan base in these places to, to come back and at least break even or, or you know hopefully make a little bit of cash at the end of the day right 
they have to want to do that too. Like, I think that's the other side of it too, is like some people are just kind of, you know, it's, it's music is more of, of a emotional release and not necessarily a social gathering, you know, like, and that's something that I've struggled with. Not that I'm not social, but like, I, I definitely like tense up in party situations where there's so much on the go. Like I find like one-on-one -on -one conversations with people, um, usually uh yield more connection than 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 being in a party where i'm like surrounded by people and scared all the time i find um, that so interesting because like i meet so many musicians and i'm pretty much that exact same way in the sense that like i can get up and put on a big show on stage and everyone thinks you're the you know you're putting off this big party in the show and as soon as i got off stage i'm like i need to go hide from everybody right now for like yeah. at least an hour <laughs> like it's a, yeah. just to kind of get that get that down you know um with can hold a light what i love about this record a lot like I, I listened to the whole thing probably two or three times front to back today um it's got the classic quote the raven sound like it's super present but it's surrounded by all these different instruments sounds backfillers like it's truly lovely and there's some real rocking tunes on here through the night is just a rocking tune like i really love that one that one really stuck out to me today um was was that was that a lot of you guys was that a lot of chris like how did that kind of work out it's all co-writing mixture <laughs> <laughs> yeah it is. I think if we had to start it, like if we had to continue just the two of us writing, well, Jordan wrote most of our songs when we first started. Um, and I still am like, am I a songwriter? I don't really know. But um, <laughs> but uh, if we had to just continued writing the two of us, yeah, I think our music would be very different than it is now. It's definitely It'd be really sad. It'd just be sad all the time. <laughs> It'd be so sad. <laughs> it's all ballads. Yeah, well, that, was, that was something I was I, I definitely wanted to ask you about because I know you guys are huge in co-writing like um, can you talk about some of the advantages that you know that you guys get by co-writing with other artists and talk about some of the artists that you did co-write with especially on this latest record I think like when we did our first record um, oh like our EP even those were songs that I'd written over 10 years and we had road tested at the levy you know to one person for for like three years like literally three or four years like this one song and then we started co-writing and we were like, whoa, this process really goes through a rapid fire, like editing session. You know what I mean? So it's like all the ideas that you're unsure, you're uncertain about get put through another strainer. And so like uh, you work out so much bullshit in like 30 minutes that you would take five or six years on the road trying to figure out, oh, does this melody make sense? Is this, do I like this line? Like, what do I think? And just that reassurance and that, that collaborative effort from other people is so amazing. And I, I think what we've done is become better songwriters by working with different people because everybody has something unique to bring to the table you know good or bad and that's that's the that's the thing that you have to do as a musician is to look at it subjectively objectively and say like okay well i had a really good right with this person and let's do it again but like also what do they bring to the table well they're really good with lyrical content or melodic content or they're really good listener or there's so many different little factors that kind of come into play all the time um you know writing with chris he has like little quips that he kind of throws out. He's like, there's there's not enough furniture in, in a verse or something like that. Meaning that like, you know, you can see the room, but you don't know what's in the room, you know, for each verse and and and, and diving into those elements and then being able to bring that to the next co-writing session has always been amazing. Um, just writing with people like Charlie Acor, for example, who, who we wrote through the night with like that bluesy, like open, like drop D kind of vibe, like that is him 
combining with our you know like the story about turning left and roundabout is my mom turning left in the first roundabout there by the the airport and like legit like just being like i don't know how to drive this and it's legit like you know um so it's all those things that just kind of combine and and it's as much us as a duo as it is the co-writer that we're working with and i think there's something really magical about that because yeah, like it just it just feels like a big family working on this record as opposed to, you know, just the two of us playing Nintendo Switch and just hiding out in a hotel room between shows, you know? Yeah, I mean it's 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 always great too, especially when you you know, you kind of bring an idea to somebody or if you're co-writing with someone or even just hanging out playing tunes or whatever. I mean, you bring an idea maybe that you're not so confident in and somebody reassures you with that you're like, okay, damn, maybe that is the right or the opposite. I mean, you also have to be able to take constructive criticism in times like these when you're writing with people. Someone might say, listen, man, I love this line here, but this line here is shit. Like, we got to switch this one off. I mean, I'm sure that happens all the time. And and I mean, that's the, the positive and the negative, not that negatives at all. It's the positives of, of doing both, you know, the co-writes with, with all these different different artists. Yeah, definitely. Absolutely. It's, it's like, it's a strange experience because you're like telling people like what you kind of want to write about and you're like do they relate to this and can they help write it but most of the time they can because you know we're humans and we go through a lot of the same kinds of things um but i i also like it because it's like if someone else comes up with the idea of the song and it's something that i haven't really experienced it's really cool to i don't know like learn about that or whatever and like be that bring, character yeah and like bring your experiences to it that can sort of relate but maybe not exactly and you know everyone lives such different lives and i don't think that art necessarily has to be exactly from your perspective all the time and um but yeah co-writes are i would still i mean i know i just said i don't know if i consider myself a writer but i definitely have gotten so much better doing co-writes and and it's been a huge thing for our, for our career I don't know if you guys just seen this thing pop up on the Zoom meeting here. Did you see that? No. No. Okay. No. It's, oh, it's, the time. That's okay. Yeah. It's okay. So I'm just going to mention that. I mean, I don't really give a shit, anyways. But if uh, I'm, what we'll do is this is going to see when you have three people for everybody who's listening at home. When you have three people, it gives you a, a, a certain time limit for recording. So I'll probably cut this yeah. at like two minutes, and we'll just jump back on for another one. It's just make it a little Sweet. bit easier editing for me. That's for you folks at home. Um, <laughs> so. <clears throat> I wanted to ask you about the title track, um, Can Hold a Light. Where did the song come from? Uh, and what was, the, what was the inspiration and reasoning behind using it as a title track? I was going to say right quick, actually. It's a yeah. really good thing for this song in particular that we had time because it was a last minute ad. But oh, cool. Me, yeah. Go ahead. You, you explain. Yeah. So Stephen Bowers, uh, who's originally from Newfoundland, Labrador, um, living in BC now, he messaged, I think, I think we had planned to do like a co-write like years ago when he played it at the ship. And, you know, like I said, like time kind of, we had a bit of time to just pick up rights and him being in BC and us being here, we did like a six hour time difference Zoom call. And, and he, I think I had... I think I had the premise for the verse or something like that and or just a chord progression. I can't even remember, like, but it was pretty bare bones. And I just remember Steven listening to it and be like, wow, like, 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 like I have so many things that I could bring to this. And it ended up like really taking form. Um, like through him and, and like through co-writing with him. And it's from the perspective, like, like Kirsten's got a, a niece um who's in kindergarten now, right? Like it's yeah. crazy oh, um yeah. 
uh, my sister was pregnant at the time, uh, so I was going to have my first niece. And Stephen Bowers had or has um, a young daughter as well. And so it was from all three different perspectives of what it would be like to kind of be in 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 a child's life, you know, like whether it's a, as a parent or as a, as an aunt or, or a mentor or whatever. And how, you know, you can influence someone for so long as as that as that person, but you can't do it forever. And eventually they become their own person and you can't hold the light forever. And you just kind of hope that when they're ready, like I think about my younger sister, who's who's 11 years younger than me, you know, like I, I remember growing up and showing her like, all right, here's Rush and here's City in Color. Just just like it's cool that you like Hannah Montana, but like here's here's another song just to listen to. And you don't have to like it. You don't have to like it. I just would love if you'd listen to it. And it was funny because like 10 years later, I hear her listening to System of a Down and she found it on her own. And I was like, I did my job. Yeah, and I just right. think about that, you know, like I wasn't me who told her to go listen to System or Nirvana or something like she found that music on her own. And I think. That was really cool, um, and I think that was definitely the uh, inspiration for that song. And and when with we we did this one separate, with with the evils of life, yeah, yeah, like like you try but, to protect you try to protect the the children in your life for as long as you can, and then you realize that the world is scary out there, and you just have to try to yeah, like teach them as much as you can. So, you I think you just mentioned that it was it was a late edition, so. Did you have an original idea for the title of the of the record and then you kind of went with that or did it just kind of work out that way? I don't think we did. Like, I, I think we were racking our brains around it and we ended up doing that right. And we actually got Jason Mingo to produce that one separate because everything else was produced by Kirby. Mm -hmm. um, and it just like felt like, which is interesting because like usually when you, you do a record with a producer, like it becomes this cohesive package. But once once we got that track back we were like it's kind of magical that all of these pieces kind of fell together the way that they did and the song came together so quickly and we recorded it so quickly and all this stuff and and it just made sense that it fit into the timeline of everything that it was like i don't know it was just like fate for it to be a part of the record you know and and then become the name of the record and i think i think it also reflects so many things you know can't hold the light like i think everything about golden hour this is like the the you know the opposite of it um in the sense that you know we were looking for the the sunshine and then the sunshine got ripped away from our feet you know and and it i'm only thinking about that right now and getting a little bit goosebumps thinking about it because it's i didn't even think about it until that point so no no that you make, yeah you make a great point there and i mean it must have been kind of a relief i i guess that probably just hit you at some point and you were like all right i think this is the one this is probably the title track and and one we can kind of run with and, and it just has such a you know a broad horizon on what you can you can explain it as and i mean you guys just both nailed it i mean i've been kind of in the same position myself with with young nephews and stuff and you're kind of like yeah trying to hide the evil but then you're realizing like okay it's yeah it's a scary world out there there's gonna be knocks there's gonna be bruises but you know, hopefully we can all get through it together, right? Yeah, for sure. Yeah. Um, yeah, I mean, we were just, you know, chatting about the the new record and, and um, obviously that's kind of what you took to ECMAs with you. Um, yeah. ECMA 2022 Contemporary Roots Recording of the Year. Congratulations, by the way. Uh, Thank quote you. A, a quote Jeez. from a recent <laughs> Facebook post reads, there were a lot of times over the past couple of years where we doubted ourselves so much, so many nights questioning how we're going to make it from one day to the next without being able to be out into the world to do what we love. But we kept holding out and we kept being lifted and supported by so many people here on the East Coast. Um, 
how, how did how was that moment for you? you you guys must have been super psyched this weekend with that i it's just i, I don't know i i awards are wild i don't know it's it's a weird thing like we've never really prepped a, a speech because we were like well whatever I don't think it's going to happen. So, um, so we didn't have a speech prepared and I went out and I thanked the thousands of musicians who worked on our record. And, <laughs> After Jordan you know, was like, I don't know what I said. Uh, she was like, <laughs> I know I said we worked with thousands of people. That's not true. And I was like, Jordan, I'm pretty sure everyone's going to know you were exaggerating. <laughs> it's, like, it's okay. No one's going to take that. Like, you know, 100%. Yeah. No, I don't know. It was, yeah, it was, we were very surprised. I, I, it was, it's so awkward to talk to people sometimes for me. Um, so it was a little nerve wracking, uh, but it was, it was really cool. It's surreal. It's just, it's so nice to know that like everyone's hard work and, and that we can share it with so many people, anyone who wrote, wrote on it or helped play an instrument on it or, or did really anything, shared it, talked about yeah. it, um, loved it. Like it's, it's just a, it's such a group effort and, um, yeah, it's just it was it was really cool. A little surreal, but it was it was awesome. Music also is so subjective, and I always think it's yeah. it's interesting that like the awards are a thing, and it's nice to be recognized by people who are you know in the in the music industry and stuff like that. But and I guess you know you don't always love your own band's music the most, but it's so funny because you're up against people and you're like, but their album is so good, and like if I had to vote, I mean, it's like this so yeah. it's just a weird thing, but. It's still really nice to get recognized and obviously be a lie not to say it was it wasn't a thrill it, it's really cool yeah. yeah yeah especially i mean it's 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 always nice to be pumped up but especially amongst your peers i mean especially in so many great artists and and you know a ton of great artists in that category and um another real neat thing for you guys is you got to actually perform at the awards show what was that experience like i know you had the <laughs> my yeah. favorite part <laughs> it looked like a blast i've seen a ton of videos um who, who did you have playing with you and and we'll talk a little bit about the performance itself so we had uh claire followed on the bass dan george on the drums and we had our chris kirby on on electric and it was a lot of fun it was kind of cool because like chris never really got a chance to do the whole band thing until we were there because chris lives in nova scotia and, and everybody else is from home so uh we knew chris was just gonna have it in the bag anyways but he hey because he music. produced yeah <laughs> he, he he produced it and put the guitar part on it but you know b just because he's such a professional all the time and and it was so much fun like the the um a lot of nervous energy but like just to be up there on those awards today is just is so cool and and to be behind the scenes and watch you know like tony murray going through the process of like organizing the whole thing and, and absolutely and, killing it as always yeah tony man it's just a legend <laughs> he's absolutely oh, man yeah yeah like he he does this like i think 30 years or something like he's done 30 yeah, ecmas is, like right think... right and produce the show like it's it's unreal yeah. so much yeah, it was no. really cool. Yeah, sorry, go ahead. Nervous. No, I was just going to say I was so nervous. Like, watching it back, I think it sounds like I was more nervous than I actually felt. So that kind of sucks. But <laughs> it was so much fun. Um, Dan is an amazing drummer. Everyone knows. He plays in every band. He's just killer. And um, and Claire, like, so talented. Un unreal talent. And always wanted to play with her. So really happy that she could be there. But even just watching her showcase after and like 
<sighs> I sang on her album a little bit of backup vocals and stuff, but I I never really got to see her live and she's just incredible. So she's good. a rock star. Yeah, She's actually, I had Claire on the podcast last year. I had Dan on the podcast last year. I had Tony Murray on the podcast last year. <laughs> I'll have to get Kirby on, and then we'll call it the whole, have the whole quote throw even group on. That'd be, that'd be great. I love it. Um, <laughs> just before ECMAs, I know you guys were out on the road. You were doing a few shows. Uh, talk a little bit about that. Where did you play? And, and what was the, that was the, basically a lead up into, into ECMAs, right? That's kind of how it worked. Yeah, so so we made a plan like when we did ECMAs a couple of years ago that if we're going to do it to make to try and make it make sense. And, and so part of that is is to strategically tour into it. And I think a lot more artists should look into that because it does a multitude of things. I think um, I think, you know, it looks good to export buyers. The fact that you're actually exporting while you're leading up to, uh, you know, the showcase at, at the ECMAs or the just the one on ones or whatever to say, like, hey, like we were just out on the road, like, you know, we could definitely keep doing that if you want to keep us doing it. So um, that, you know, that's a strategic move from us. We ended up playing. Um, well, oh, my God, I'm trying to remember. We played the Carlton in Halifax. We played Great Village in Great Village. They're um, they have this beautiful art center that, that someone just purchased. And, and it's an old repurposed church. Absolutely oh, beautiful, beautiful, beautiful spot um we played in sydney we played in um the church museum there as well that was another just so cool like just old stone slab like church building you know down by the waterfront um and we played at the trailside and pei for the first time in the new building we we'd done the old show but not since they've uh renovated and moved into charlottetown and so it was it was awesome just to be back out on the road. You know, I think audiences are still a little apprehensive towards going to shows and stuff like that. And ticket sales are still in the apprehensive, you know, definitely seen more ticket sales the night of, as opposed to like leading up to it and stuff. Um, Cause I think people are just deciding like the day of that, it, you know, makes sense and that we can, we can do are, like that. waiting but... to see if they got COVID or yeah. like, <laughs> yeah, definitely. But another so... thing I'm sure like, you know, getting out and doing those shows definitely get your chops up a bit too. get you back on stage, get you singing together, get some of the songs and the arrangements kind of worked out precisely before you probably go and present them to buyers and stuff like that. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, definitely. It was, it was good to have those shows just to, <laughs> yeah just to ha it's funny it's like we we do we practice but like mm, not often uh and so yeah to have like just a few shows to just like kind of remember everything <laughs> and, like, yeah get the feel I, of the page again too because i i feel like when we first started i was super super awkward and i needed a book i couldn't remember anything and i would get like absolutely terrified um and then over the co course of like touring so much um some shows would still be like that but for the most part i could talk to people and make a joke and like, yeah that's the other side of it too is like i mean you do so much of that stuff on stage like i mean banter is mm -hmm. like you're talking about the songs you're telling funny stories and you're trying to relate with the audience i mean but to, to just jump out onto a stage and do that is difficult but i find like once you get out you can do eight or nine shows then you kind of see what works even with like what you're saying to the audience. I mean, with stuff oh, yeah. you're talking about with different songs and you get more comfortable in your own skin that way about just the, the shit you're saying to people, right? Yeah. Well, we've told yeah. a lot of shitty jokes. <laughs> Some don't, you work. know, like, yeah, it's, I'm going to try and I'm going to try a new one to the five people at the bar, you know, as opposed to the 40 people at the house concert, right? Like it's, <laughs> yeah, it's, uh, it's and then an you're interesting like, yeah, thing. And that's why I'm a musician, not a comedian. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. 
yeah, or it, it was, yeah, I mean, that helped too, just to have a few shows to get back, get used to it again, because I was feeling a little bit like, oh, we haven't stepped on a stage in a while, and oh, there's a bunch of people looking at me, that's, I don't know about this, <laughs> um, so, yeah. Another cool thing I wanted to ask you about was the publishing deal with Sound of Pop. Um, I know you guys have had multiple sync placements, including uh, what I read on your website with City TV's The Wedding Planners. Can you talk about how like instrumental, yeah. how instrumental the publishing deal has been for you guys, and how much that's kind of helped you along the way? And 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 you know maybe explain a little bit to people who were listening at home who maybe not have any even any idea what that is even. Yeah, so like you know sync placements and and. Uh like it essentially just opens up another market for um, money for a musician um, and exposure as well you know a lot of a lot of opportunities in that as well um we we've been super lucky because i think our first real full-length record we did was golden hour and that got a publishing deal right away and i think as a result of that people put us on their radar when I don't know if we were ready to be put on people's radar, but I think it was one of those things where the songs really stood out and the songs were, were really um, strong enough that they could be placed in, in television and film. And as a result, you know, we toured to meet up with the quality of the music that we were making. And I think that that made us level up. Um, it's a great source of revenue. Um, in the sense that you know it's kind of a passive income you're making money when you're sleeping (laughs) essentially yeah and 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 the cool thing about you know like like multiple sinks and and uh you know not having to have exclusive deals as as, you know so like you can use your music in multiple places whether it's for a commercial and then use it for a television show and and the the ability to negotiate that money is um is pretty awesome and i think it, it opens up a lot of doors where you know we wouldn't have had anything at all you know like like i think you know you can you always look at the metrics and you know when that when those songs played on the winning planners you can see that day that there was like a little boost in our spotify numbers and and the apple music downloads and stuff like that and i think that's you know if that's a consistent source then you can see the growth and development on top of what you're doing as an artist um and I know people who make a full-time career just placing music in syncs and, you know, like Jason Mingo, the guy who, who produced can't hold the light, the song, um, he, he makes a living, like his music's been placed in thou- like I would say probably thousands and not exaggerating this time. Um, <laughs> yeah. Like I'm, I, you know, like I see him post one to two Almost. times a week, mm-hmm. you know, All have time. multiple yeah. placements in different film and tell you know, and it's, it's awesome. And it's like, that's, that's what, you know, kind of pays the bills and, and allows artists to remain being artists. Um, I also right? think it's, it's really cool that, that someone would think your song would suit um, an emotion for a show or a movie. Cause that's always a, like when you're feeling something intense, I, I find anyway, if I'm watching something, I'm feeling something intense. It's like, because the movie lends or the, the song lends to that scene or whatever. So it's just so cool to be like, Oh, they thought our song would, you know show the emotion of whatever they're trying to to get across so like it's also really cool as well as being you know <laughs> and then like you're in your head and you're like i wrote that song about my mom going the wrong way in a roundabout <laughs> but yeah cool. yeah. <laughs> yeah yeah totally <laughs> no i always yeah. love that it's always it's always interesting kind of taking what other people perceive your music as especially if they don't know what it's about or it's not a direct song i mean you know it's not a direct love song or 
about an actual certain topic. I always found that interesting. Um, I wanted to ask you what the summer, what's the summer like for you guys? I know um, I was looking down through your Facebook. I know you're doing a couple folk fest, Canmore folk fest, uh, Vancouver folk fest. Any other cool shows happening? We have six uh, so, in a row. We have six yeah. weekends of festivals in a row. Nice. We've we've been waiting to like do up a nice little poster to kind of announce everything, but might as well do it here. Um, break, yeah, break the news, baby. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. So we're doing Vancouver Island Folk Festival. Then we're doing Vancouver Folk Festival. We're doing Mission BC Folk Fest. We're doing Canmore Folk. We're doing Lunenburg Folk Festival, and then we're doing Grand Prairie Folk Festival. Um, all six weekends in a row. It's we're doing honestly, trail sales and tunes actually like right up. and and iceberg and alley iceberg alley yeah too, before even those start so yeah so it's it's a crazy summer for us uh we had a couple of things lined up um in 2020 like we were kind of hoping that would happen summer 2020 and obviously they didn't they didn't happen and we had kind of questioned whether or not like when we do get back to touring are we gonna have to go back to those places where we played where it was like you know three people and the bartender and and you know you know everybody knows that grind and we were so nervous that that was the grind that we had to return to but to think that you know the west coast of canada kind of opened up their arms to have us this summer is pretty pretty amazing and nice they kind of all link up a little bit together too i guess that probably helps a little bit from for travel yeah. and stuff will you stay out there you be traveling back and forth how will that work we're gonna oh, stay no, we're I was yeah. gonna say, yeah, that's saying. insane it's to be coming too back. Expensive. And forth. Oh my god, yes. Of yeah. Well, I also all the same say, guys. Like... I was looking at Lynx today. Have you seen that? I don't know. That's just completely off topic. But there's a new airline called Lynx. Um, oh yeah. You might want to look it up because I just seen today it's 189 to Alberta, uh, one way, which is a pretty good, pretty good flight. So, um, I that's think they're crazy. yeah, they're doing some like pretty cheap flights, and I mean, pff, we're all we're, like... all we're all in the market for cheap flights. If we had yeah. like one stop, if we had like one place we were going and coming back, we could do that. But I'm always a little bit like, hmm, if we have to get to one place and then another and then another, it's like if something doesn't work out, you know, if one of them gets canceled or something, it can yeah, be a little no bit doubt. scary. But if we were doing yeah. like a direct, like we're doing a gig and we just need a direct flight, definitely. That's yeah. awesome because, yeah, we're spending quite a bit. <laughs> on yeah. flights and accommodations and a car rental but um all the the festivals will will be worth it yes absolutely well guys thanks so much for doing this we're not finished yet i always do i've been doing this fun segment <laughs> um where i've been doing like this kind of rapid fire questions just a laugh just to kind of get to guys, know you guys a little bit personally first off before i before i get into this uh for folks listening at home where can they find quote the raven tell us where we can find you uh, all our stuff is on our website, quote the Raven Most of our handles are quote the Raven duo or Twitter is quote the Raven NL and YouTube is just quote the Raven. Um, yeah, I think we're Googleable now. Like, I think we're at the top of the search engine at least. <laughs> we're not five or six down anymore. <laughs> not a whole lot of people have quote the Raven as band name. So, quote Googleable. The Raven band. I, I love that word, Googleable. <laughs> Googleable. <laughs> Googleable. All right. Are you guys ready? Let's do like little rapid fire yeah. questions with quote the Raven. All right. I'm so bad. It's, I'm never fast enough. Okay. I'm ready. It doesn't have to be like, I, I just call it rapid fire questions, but we can okay. just have a laugh with it too. And how about, uh, we'll start with, start with, We'll get an answer off Jordan and then Kirsten for the for the okay. for this one. We'll kind of go like that way, okay? Okay. Yeah. Uh, Jordan's up first. Uh, McDonald's or Wendy's? Oh shit! Um, uh, Wendy's, Baconator. Kirsten. Oh, nice, Kirsten. 
McDonald's. Nothing oh, beats oh nice. Okay. Uh, I, I, I honestly, I don't know if I'd, I'd be, I'd be torn on both of those. I, I, hate that, <laughs> I hate that question. That's why I gave it to you. Um, you guys can both ask this or answer this collectively if you like, or, or, or separately, whatever you like. Um, what's your favorite place to play? Favorite town to play uh, on the East Coast, not of, of Newfoundland, but okay. say the East Coast of, of Canada. Oh my goodness. Uh, Lunenburg. Yeah, I was gonna say the same. Yeah. It was it was the first time we had done a, a dry festival, and everyone was just super attentive and and loved the music. Oh, isn't that so nice? <laughs> yes. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> nice change from the three people loaded at the bar <laughs> trying to buy <laughs> trying to buy a Jameson shots or something. Yeah. Um, you both can answer this one too as well. I'm sure it's probably similar. But uh, your favorite season to tour in? Anything but winter. Yeah, I, yeah. ABW cannot <laughs> yeah. drive in snow. I refused. I yeah. refused to um, die on tour. Basically, I know that sounds morbid, but I'm like, I'm not driving on ice. Um, you can answer this one first, Jordan. Then we'll go to Kirsten. Do you like roller coasters? And if so, what's the favorite one you've ever been on? I've never been on one. Uh, I probably built a Lego one though recently, and I yeah, I I, I like Roller Coaster Tycoon. That's what I'm gonna say about man, that. Man, I used to play that game so much, man. That was one of yeah, my favorite yeah. games, the best. Yeah, me too. It was and awesome. you, Kirsten? Uh, yes, yes, I do. I love them. Um, oh my gosh, can't remember. Like Space Mountain, maybe. Yeah, I'm yeah. just gonna go with something, you know. But I'll go. It's I'll, always good. I'll go with Sandspit and PEI. <laughs> <laughs> you guys even know what that is but no oh man they used to have this like, my parents used to take us to pei like every summer and they had this little tiny um amusement park where they had this little shitty roller coaster me and my brother used to every, every, every summer um all right jordan's up first late night or early mornings uh Depends. Late nights when it's related to music and early mornings uh, when it's related to like nature, I guess, you know, mm -hmm. late nights yeah. all the time <laughs> would, yeah. would sleep in the day and be alive at night. I hear you. I'm with you there. Um, I'll go Kirsten first on this one. Blue Rodeo or Bare Naked Ladies? <gasps> no. Why am I first? And this is so sad. Um, You're not going to end a relationship with them. It's just, it's just. A <laughs> well, I've never seen Blue Rodeo. You've never seen Blue Rodeo perform. I don't think they so. play like every Are week. Not from Newfoundland. <laughs> wait, 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 wait. Yes, I have. Yes, I have. Only one time though. Um, sure they host the we see every summer on George Street. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, no, I did obviously see them that one time. That's hilarious. <laughs> I'm going to say Bare Naked Ladies, though, because it was so fun that the concert that they did at Iceberg. Okay. Jordan? Yeah, Bare Naked Ladies, because we opened for them. That's cool. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> I love that. Um, okay, we'll go back to Kirsten for this one as well. We got uh, one, two, four more questions to go. Okay, guys? Okay. Um, Kirsten's favorite place to get pizza in St. John's. In St. John's? Mm-hmm. Or like, I mean, I, I guess like the Avalon. I mean, whatever. I was gonna say because pizza is like not something that I eat on a regular okay. basis ever. Um, so I'm the worst person to ask this. Um, like, I want to just say like Piatto. I think sure, that's yeah, right. Piatto's good. Yeah, they have really good Piatto. caramelized onions. So they really do. The Stephanie <laughs> is a great pizza. <laughs> Yummy. Uh, Jordan, uh, that is a good time, but I gotta go with the hometown favorite of Pronto Pizza. I used oh, to call in. Nice. 
I'd ask for a Hawaiian stuffed crust with chicken, and they'd say, "Is this Jordan?" <laughs> <laughs> um. All right, we'll go back to Jordan for the first answer on this one. Um, what's the last TV show that you binged? Uh, Moon Knight. Yeah, yeah, it's awesome. Really good. That I didn't realize how I didn't know anything about Moon Knight before I watched it, and he's just like this cool, like ancient Egyptian superhero. And I was like, this is this is badass. It's way more badass than I thought it was gonna be. So, yeah, that. <laughs> I watched. I think it's called Heartstopper. It's on. Um, everyone was talking about it. it's on Netflix, and Jordan actually binged it too. Sort of. He could only hear the show. I had it just on. Um, but yeah, you listen to the audio version of the show. He did. Yeah. 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 <laughs> Um, okay, I'll go Kirsten on this one first. Um, what was your favorite song as a child, like a young child? Is there something that like sticks out? Like, I'll, uh, for example, like, I'll la- I laugh at this all the time. Mine was My Dingling by Chuck Berry. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Um, for me, oh my goodness. I'm so bad with like timeline of how old I was, but my sister used to listen to Backstreet Boys, like, <laughs> Of course, Constantly. yeah, classic. Yeah. Um, so one of their songs and my favorite album is Black and Blue. Oh, nice. Yeah. Kind of a deep, that's kind of a deep <laughs> cut album. Yeah. Oh yeah. Um, for me, it was digging up bones, Randy Travis, and oh, rhythm nice. of my heart, Rod Stewart. Like those were like two. I don't know when I my grandmother used to tell me you used to just walk down the street singing digging up bones <laughs> and rhythm of my heart, and I just knew from that day you were gonna be. And I was like, no, you didn't. But thanks, Nan. Thanks for thanks for believing in me. <laughs> all right, and the last question. I have no idea if you guys watch hockey at all but i thought it'd be funny just to ask you who's going to oh, win shit. the stanley cup this year i have no idea who's even playing the stanley cup right now i apologize for that i will say that the only time i watch sports i used to play sports i love playing sports but the only time i watch sports now and hockey is the olympics because i know that you have a cap i'm buying your players or whatever but i just feel like the olympics makes the most sense you're fighting fighting for your country and that's i love that love that <laughs> uh i don't know is detroit in the running no they're not but you, you can give that as an answer too <laughs> detroit or the anaheim mighty ducks those were my two favorite teams growing up so I please love it. please tell us who's there so we can feel bad not knowing um neither of those teams are in it uh okay. <laughs> perfect yeah no it's, it's all good um guys thanks so much for doing this it's been an absolute blast <laughs> catching up with you both actually there's three of you right now because kirsten's kitty's still in the background hanging out i know he's like bobbing his arm down just chilling no, <laughs> absolutely awesome uh thanks so much guys really really appreciate you taking the time to do this with me today jordan hope you feel better soon pal and uh good luck thanks, this summer man. guys hopefully we can catch up soon in real life and then uh have a chat and do co right yeah, let's do that. That'll be yes, so much fun. Yeah. I'd love to yeah. do that. Yeah, absolutely. Be absolutely. Blessed. All right. Thanks cool. so much, guys. We'll ch- catch up with you soon, okay? All right. Awesome. All the best. Cheers. Thanks so much to Quote the Raven for jumping on. Uh, God love Jordan. He has COVID and he's still, you know, he, obviously he said he's not feeling um, uh, too bad. So, it, but thanks so much for for both of them for jumping on. It was really great to catch up with them. They are super awesome guys. Incredible songwriters. Um, check out their latest release. Like I mentioned in our interview, I, I went down through it several times today. Listened to it from front to back and it's a really, really incredible record. There's something special here from Newfoundland. So um, you got to give them the support. They're 
they're out on the road they're traveling all over the summer so uh if you know they're in your neck of the neck of the woods or in your neighborhood make sure you go check out a quote the raven show they're they're awesome and thanks to jordan and kirsten for coming on um that about does it for me guys that's not much else going on here Thanks so much to everybody who's been listening to the podcast. Uh, make sure you do like, subscribe on my YouTube channel, and and uh, and follow along also on on Spotify or Apple Music or wherever you listen to podcasts. Uh, hopefully, have some new news coming up next week and on a couple big shows over the summer. Um, keep your eyes peeled and ears peeled for late June. That's looking like a real fun one. Um, that about does it for me, guys. From downtown St. John's, Newfoundland. I'm Dave Witty. Peace. <laughs>